Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Stephen Serta, joined as always by my guy, Rocky Magania. Kramer Sanson in the background, helping us keep this thing moving. And the Kansas City Chiefs in week seven of the NFL season improved to six and one on the year with a 31 to 17 win over the Los Angeles Chargers and Rocky there's a lot to get to from today's game. Uh, I think Chiefs fans should feel really happy this evening. Um, and and really, you should kind of be floating going into next week as you get another matchup against the Denver Broncos before that huge matchup against the Miami Dolphins in Germany. And I think the case can be made that today's performance against this Los Angeles Chargers team that kind of a season-on-the-line type of game for this team that desperately, desperately needed a win and needed to put something together today against the Chiefs. They fall again and are, what, two and four now in the season. The Chiefs are uh, six and one uh, atop the AFC still. And I think this was their best all-around performance of the entire season. I don't know how you feel, Rocky, but that's at least how I feel coming out of today's game, especially the second half of that game. I am jazzed up, Steven Serta. Oh, my God. First of all, Sean Merriman chirping on Twitter, or X, whatever, all week all week long about how Arrowhead is quiet. It wasn't anything before Marty Schottenheimer 40 years ago. Only 40 years of loud history in Arrowhead Stadium. Shut your mouth, Sean Merriman. They named a rule after you because you do too much juice. Your body fell apart one year off of the juice because you were juicing your entire life and you're nothing. Without of it, you were you 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 were out of the league shortly after being off the juice, and you came at Chiefs Kingdom. And guess what? The Chargers charged the game away yet again. Guess what? Defense stepped up in the second half. Travis Kelsey, oh my gosh! I tell you what, they say that that new love makes you feel young again, and he looked like he was twenty two out there running around on the field today. I mean, he looked like a young man on fire. Holy. Holy moly, Steven Serta. The Chiefs have a three-game lead in their division as we come to the halfway mark in the season. We're not even halfway through the season yet, and the Chiefs have a three-game lead on their division. The Chargers are basically out of it. The Raiders are horrible. The Denver Broncos are led by a Keebler Elf with a huge, like, <laughs> like ego complex, you know? And, I mean, this might be the worst division in football aside from the Chiefs. I mean, we might win the division by eight games. At this rate, I mean, so it's it's a great day to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So I, I say that I think this was the most impressive performance of the Chiefs season thus far. And I think it was because it, it felt like the first time this season where 
this thing wasn't totally in control from the Chiefs, at least defensively, because we saw that big Joshua Kelly touchdown run in the first half. And it's just back and forth, back and forth in that first quarter. And I was like, oh, okay, it's this kind of game today. And I was ready for that. But no, the Chiefs defense absolutely shut the Chargers down in the second half of this game. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes, you mentioned Travis Kelsey. Uh, Mahomes just absolutely lights out today. This is the kind of game we've been looking for from Patrick Mahomes. So all the doubters and everybody who just wants to find a reason to doubt Patrick Mahomes in this offense, they could all shut up at least for a week because he was playing absolutely unconscious today. Like had an interception that what wasn't, it, it wasn't a great throw probably shouldn't have made it felt like McCole Hardman could have done a little bit more to go after that ball to try to keep it from getting picked, but it happens. Other than that, 32 of 42 on the day, 424 yards, Travis Kelsey, absolutely insane. 12 catches on 13 targets for 179 yards and a score. MBS finally makes an appearance. He's got 84 yards and a touchdown, including a 46-yarder. Uh, Rasheed Rice, uh, another strong performance, another touchdown. Just easily the best all-around performance of the Kansas City Chiefs season. And there's going to be a lot made out of this game because we know that Chargers defense has not been good this season. And, you know, we saw... The Chiefs really struggle uh, other than that game against the Bears offensively. It's kind of been a work in progress, but I'm not saying that this is because the Chargers defense just isn't good. We know it's not good, but the difference today was that Patrick Mahomes still spreading the ball around all over the place, but they were creating explosive plays finally. And it finally looked like the offense was in rhythm and Mahomes was getting outside the pocket, making plays with his legs, but he was also hanging in the pocket and finding guys downfield. And we've talked about it for weeks, Rocky, where some of this stuff is wide receivers not being able to get open, but some of it is just Patrick Mahomes not trusting the guys that are out there. And I think today was a huge step forward for Patrick Mahomes in trusting the players that he has out there on the field because he was spraying the football all over the field and it was the best performance of his season. I don't think it's even close. I think that Mahomes went back and watched the tape from last week and he saw that when he lost faith in his receivers in the second half on the outside, that they were, they were open and he missed some shots and he missed some plays. And he went back and he said, okay, listen, these guys aren't perfect, but they're what I got to work with. And uh, Travis Kelsey said this week on his New Heights podcast that Matt Nagy challenged the entire offense this week and told him, guys, it's time to stop talking about playing better and go out there and play better. And this was the week where they went out there and played better. It looks like they, they rose to the challenge. You know, you, MVS finally shows a sign of life. And, I mean, you, you saw it on his route running. I mean, he was running crisp routes on the outside that we haven't seen him run. He's been looking kind of lazy on his routes on the outside. You saw Sky Moore, even though he still can't produce as a wide receiver, when Mahomes was scrambling, he threw a heck of a block and held up that block long enough for Mahomes to pick up the long third down play. It's the little things that they did today that led to incremental success. And one thing about Patrick Mahomes, I don't think gets nearly enough pop. We always talk about his legs. He uses his legs to pick up clutch first downs all the time. What we don't talk about enough is how he uses his legs to get wide receivers open on that insane throw. He made to uh, MVS back across his body to pick up that first down and he was started to scramble. He was scrambling and the, and the cornerback peeled off of MVS to try to come up and make a play on Mahomes. And Mahomes kept his eyes downfield. And the moment that guy peeled off of him, Mahomes slung it 
in between the defenders and picked up the first down. And that's something that, that not everybody else can do. You saw Justin Herbert try that in the red zone, and it was an incomplete pass. You see Josh Allen run with the ball. His eyes are down. There's not another quarterback in the league that can that can, that can can run guys open with his legs. Yeah, and I think that was just another thing today where it felt like Mahomes was locked in in a way that has kind of been lacking at times so far this season. But – yeah, yeah, I, I think you're you're so right with him running and getting guys open by utilizing his legs because of those throws. And I, we just haven't seen a lot of that stuff connect this season. A lot of it's been by time, by time, by time, look for Kelsey and kind of overlook everybody else and not make a play. And then it's just frustrating because it's, okay, there's another three and out for the Chiefs offense. That was not the case today. I know they slowed down a little bit in the second half, but when they needed to in the fourth quarter, they put it together and just an all around performance, top to bottom from special teams, defense, offense today. Just a really, really impressive game by the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Chargers that I think are truly the only team in the division that can challenge them, that can give them any kinds of problems. And, you know, we saw the Raiders go down today. They're three and four. The Broncos pick up a win, whatever. It's against the Packers. I don't think the Packers are a particularly good football team. And now the Chargers are are two games under 500 again. And their defense looks like it's one of the uh, worst defense in the NFL right now. Like, this was just a huge game for the Kansas City Chiefs. As we get closer and closer to that game against the Miami Dolphins, they needed to get this kind of performance under their belt. The, uh, offensively, they needed this kind of game where it looked like the trust was building and where it looked like people were making plays. And it's not just Travis Kelsey having to carry everything offensively and Patrick Mahomes trying to be a superhero and, and doing that stuff. Or Isaiah Pacheco ripping off long runs, which I thought Isaiah Pacheco, he had the long run call back because of a penalty today, but he was really impressive today. Just all around contributions from everybody that you want to see contributions from. And I think that's really the biggest win coming out of this thing. So I, I want to get in to the offense a little bit more. I want to get in the defense a little bit more. I want to talk about the guys that we were impressed by because there was a lot of them today, but I, let, let's start with just early in the game. Offensively, he finds MBS for the long touchdown and early on it's back and forth. I already mentioned the Joshua Kelly long touchdown uh, run, but the Chiefs are able to kind of put it together and Travis Kelsey just abs absolutely goes out of his mind in the first half of this game. At halftime, Travis Kelsey had nine catches on nine targets for 143 yards and a touchdown at the break, Rocky. And, you know, and I think they were talking about on the broadcast, like uh, Mahomes hit a completion to Travis Kelsey, I think 29 straight times and then the 30th finally fell incomplete and it was a chance it, it was a ridiculous throw by Mahomes and a ball that Kelsey had an opportunity to catch but he just couldn't come up with it it was a good play by the Chargers defender he he knocked it out of his hands at the last minute but Travis Kelsey after starting a little bit slow and me being a little bit worried about his age and finally being banged up for the first time in his career like Travis Kelsey the last two weeks just like oh no that's just that's just the Travis Kelsey that we're all used to seeing. Uh, the Chargers who play the Chiefs twice a year, who get cooked by Travis Kelsey every single season, could do absolutely nothing to stop him. There, there was no answers. And I know in the second half, they were like, fine, we'll put Derwin James on Travis Kelsey. Well, Derwin James is a good player. Travis Kelsey still cooks him every year, too. Like, the Chargers just had absolutely no answers for the Chiefs Hall of Fame tight end. 
Yeah, and I love his uh his touchdown there. It's like a reverse, like little like like tight end tush push, right? You know, you got the whole entire offensive line behind him, just shoving him in. And yeah, you're right. And the thing you love to see about Travis Kelsey, I almost feel like when Travis, like Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are so good at this point. You remember when you were a kid and you're with your best friend in your front yard and you were just throwing the football back and forth and you wanted to see how many times you could go in a row without dropping the ball and you tried to up that number each time. Even though that was a tough catch by Travis Kelsey, the moment he dropped it, you had that same feeling that when you were a kid, he was banging his fist on the ground like, no, no, no. We only got to 29, like we could have got to 30, right? Yeah, that feeling that 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 even though they dropped that one pass, that, that they were like disappointed in themselves because they know that they are that much better. And I mean, the Chargers defense is bad, but Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, they're just, I mean, they're another level, even over good defenses. And you gotta you gotta start to wonder and worry if you're a Chargers fan because you brought Brandon Staley in because he was a defensive guru and you're putting a complete garbage defense out on the field right now. Like his, like his seat has to be super hot at this point. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and, and you just watch this offense clicking from top to bottom aside from Kelsey is it, everybody was playing off of each other today. And it was just the most, it was the first time that you, that you, you see this offense clicking and working as a cohesive unit all year long. It was without a doubt the performance that we needed to see from this team because we've been talking about it for weeks now. And I think that there started to be some pushback a little bit uh, around the Chiefs offensively, where uh, especially people who aren't watching every single game like Chiefs fans are that aren't locked into every single snap offensively uh, of what this team is doing. You know, from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, well, they only put up 19 points against the Denver Broncos. They only did this against that team. They only did this against that team. It seems like Mahomes is really struggling and throwing interceptions and making bad decisions. And like, while all of that stuff is true on paper, if you were watching the games, you could see like why it wasn't working. <laughs> and you were like, it's there. Like, it's there. They just got to figure it out. They got to get this thing moving in the right direction. They got to find the chemistry and they got to get into rhythm. And they finally did that today. And I think. I really want to get into the defense too, because I, I think this was the most impressive performance by the chiefs defense this season. Um, but before we do, I, I got to mention McCole Hardman before we move off of the offense. Cause McCole didn't have a strong start to the game and his return to the Kansas city chiefs. But when they needed him to make a play, he makes two huge plays in the fourth quarter. One of them is a 58 yard punt return. And that's what I was talking about all week long at Arrowhead pride was you know, McCall Hardman coming back to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's cool. I didn't hate the move. I get it. It's a guy that knows the offense can come in right away. Costs you nothing to bring him back, basically. And without Justin Watson, with him banged up for a while, McCall Hardman gives you a little added depth and insurance there. But he's not a player at this stage of his career. And based on everything that we know about him prior to him going to the New York Jets, like, He's not a guy that I want to see taking significant snaps away from the other wide receivers that we need to figure out how to utilize. But as a return man, we know how effective he can be that way. In the past couple of years, he's returned less and less because he's been a bigger part of the offense and they've needed him more in that regard. But what he did today in the fourth quarter on that 58-yard punt return is something that the Chiefs have been missing for a long time. They have not had, really since he was the, the main punt returner or like even Tyree Kill, like, they have not had a reliable, explosive playmaker in the return game. And if he is that full-time for this team, that is the absolute best role that McCall Hardman can have. 
And we saw a glimpse of it today. Like he's going to return a kick at some point for a touchdown this season, and he can make those big splash plays. And that is the best role that he is suited for on this team. So if you're going to sprinkle him in offensively, that's great. I don't need to see significant snaps from McColl on offense, but the return game, that's where he can make an impact on this team. And that's where he can be the biggest difference maker for the Chiefs. 100%. Yeah, he looks a lot better on jet sweeps than anybody else the Chiefs has. So on those limited snaps, yeah, give him those gadget plays. But it's almost like back in the day when the Chicago Bears tried to turn Devin Hester into an actual wide receiver, and it never panned out. Like he was never an actual skill position player. But you put him as a kick returner, and he's one of the best in the league. Now, obviously, McCole Hardman's not Devin Hester, but he's a lot better than anything the Chiefs have back there. And he is an electric guy who has straight line speed, which is what you need on a punt return. You need a guy to catch the ball and get up field really, really fast and hit a seam. And that's exactly what McCole Hardman is. Like he's that guy who's going to run four, three in a, in a straight line reliably every single time. Um, and so he's, they said that he brought a good energy and a good mojo back to the building this week as well, that, you know, he's one of everybody's favorite guys in the locker room. Um, you don't want to undersell having just just the overall morale boost or something like that has on a team as well. I'm sure it was good feelings all the way around, all over the building this week, having him back, you know, and they got him back for basic pennies. People who want to say, you know, oh, they gave up too much for him because they gave up, what, a sixth-round pick? Like, guys, you've been spoiled because Brett Veach is one of the best drafters in the NFL. A sixth-round pick is nothing. It's peanuts, especially to get – an electric kick returner like that. Like, like that is a steal, especially when you're considering that, you know, where that, 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 that what we had in, in contrast to that was Dontrell Washington last week. Like, like guys, you got to think about the contrast a little bit too, of what we had versus what we have now versus what we gave up to give it. It's a, it was a, a no brainer by Veach in the front office, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it was an immediate impact. And I, I just I, I was really happy for him after McCole Hardman. And you can find this on From the Podium on the Arrowhead Pride podcast page where he spoke to the media earlier this week and talked about last season, that late season injury that kept him off the field that we didn't really know because the Chiefs are so tight lipped about injuries that he actually spent time in the hospital over that injury and said he couldn't walk for several days. And it was legitimately terrified about like what was going on with his body. And that's something that we didn't know about until he told us earlier this week, because the chiefs don't like to talk about injuries publicly at all. And, and, and that's something to, for him to return to Kansas city. And he had a couple of tough moments in the game, but to come up with those huge moments in the fourth quarter and to show why the chiefs brought him back and why it made sense for them I just thought that was a really cool moment. And then to, to cap, it, cap it off after the 58-yard punt return, he's got the third and seven catch to keep the drive alive and keep the Chiefs in the red zone. Then Isaiah Pacheco follows it up a couple of plays later with the game-sealing touchdown. Like, just couldn't have written a better fourth-quarter scripts for the Chiefs offensively. And I, I was pretty juiced for McCole Hardman today and just really for the Chiefs' overall offensive performance. But also, Rocky, we got to get our weekly Rasheed Rice mention in here. I know I, I quickly course. mentioned him already, but I'm falling in love with Rasheed Rice. <laughs> like I, I have fallen head over heels for the way that dude plays football, man. he's He is so fun to watch. Like that, first off, ridiculous pass by Patrick Mahomes, as you can see if you're uh, watching us on the live stream right now, the touchdown pass to Rasheed Rice. Like, 
ridiculous pass and placement by Patrick Mahomes, but we're seeing those tight window throws to Rasheed Rice happen a lot more now because Mahomes has got a lot more trust in him, and Mahomes knows, like, oh, this guy's a baller. I need to get the ball in his hands because he can make things happen after he gets the ball in his hands. And we saw him do that again multiple times today. Saw him just absolutely trucking chargers. Like, I, he is one of the more exciting Chiefs players that can pick up yards after contact than I feel like I've I've seen in a while. Like, at the wide receiver position, he is a handful to bring down. And he just is so much more explosive than it seems like he should be. Every time he touches the ball and he turns up field, I'm like, oh, I wasn't really expecting him to do that that quickly. Like, he's just a lot more explosive than I think anybody anticipates. And that helps him keep creating these big chunk gains for the Chiefs every week. And we continue to see his role expand. But man, they've got a player on their hands and you can see it week after week now like this isn't a fluke thing like he is a legitimate playmaker for this offense and as his role continues to expand throughout the season i am so excited for him moving forward for the kansas city chiefs oh man 100 like i was a little bit worried about rasheed rice early in the season and a lot of people you see online talk about moving him to the outside i think the chiefs just keep him on the ins on, on inside on the slot make him the big slot he's a mismatch there I mean, when he gets the ball in his hands, he gets that field fast, like you said. Like, I, he's like a bull in a china shop with that ball in his hands, man. He is just like busting through. I mean, making Chargers defenders look like they're like, you know, glass menageries on your grandma's, you know, you know, in in her china cabinet, just busting through everything. Um, that was an NFL catch he made in the end zone. It is that is a lot harder catch than people realize. Getting both your feet down through contact having strong hands like that to make that catch. That was a difficult grab by him. And that is something that I think early in the season, he had those drops, right? And that might've been a catch he doesn't make early in the season, but we're seeing him mature. We're seeing him get better week after week. He is stacking good games. I mean, he he got five out of six targets for 60 yards and a touchdown, you know, 12, 12 yard average is nothing to, nothing to scoff at, you know, Steven. And, He's that when you look at wide receivers, like he's he's the he's the Chiefs wide receiver one right now. Is he a true wide receiver one yet? No, he's not. Is he going to get there? Who knows? But he is he's a very productive NFL wide receiver, and he's only getting better. And he is dangerous with the ball in his hands. And I think like going back to him being in the slot, I think that's just the best place for him because you get him the ball on with forward momentum, you know, on a slant route or a crossing pattern or something like that. Just you get him with forward catching the ball with forward momentum. And then you just let him get upfield with the ball in his hands and, and just, and just be the wrecking ball, you know, that he is. And the issues with drafting and developing wide receivers over the past few years with this chief team and, you know, in McCole Hardman in, in sky Moore, like to see them have a guy in Rasheed rice. It's like, it looks like they finally hit on one. Like, it looks like they finally got it right. Like, Brett Beach year after year keeps figuring out and seemingly getting better and better at this drafting and scouting process. And they keep finding players and Rasheed Rice looks like a legitimate playmaker for the chiefs. And I, I just can't wait to continue to watch how he develops as the season goes. And yeah, you, I, I that, that was a really, really good point about his early season drop issues and just the confidence that we're seeing him build week after week right now is just so, so exciting. But we got to get to the defensive side of the ball. And I do want to remind you guys, 
If you listen to us on the podcast page, make sure you stick around after the commercial break. We'll have all the post-game press conferences available for you uh, immediately following the show. But defensively, the first half, the first quarter, really, for the Chiefs was like, first off, first two series, Rocky, I, I don't know if it was an issue for you, but here in Kansas City, uh, CBS was force-feeding us the Browns-Colts game. And... <laughs> split screening the chiefs game. So I didn't really get to get locked into the first couple of drives of this game. And I was really frustrated about it, but after they actually put the chiefs up on the big screen, thankfully, thanks CBS, uh, you know, and we got to see this, this thing start rolling and the chiefs defense early on bending, bending, giving up an explosive touchdown and struggling as much as we've seen them struggle so far this season. Now, I think, the Chargers had a really good early scripted game plan and they knew like, we got to get out early. We got to score points. We got to challenge them and test them and keep them on their heels. And the Chargers were getting to the ball quick, getting to the ball quick, trying to keep the offense moving, moving, moving and keeping the chiefs just with their, uh, just on their heels. And it was really effective early on for the Chargers. But once the Chiefs settled down defensively, I just got all that confidence back and I've never been more confident that everything we've been saying about this defense is absolutely true. Like I know the chargers aren't necessarily an elite team and we'll get an opportunity to see them going again against a truly elite offense in a couple of weeks when they take on the Miami dolphins. But I was so impressed with the performance from the chiefs defense today to have that early game struggle. And for the first time this season, really have a team kind of expose your defense in a way that it hasn't so far. I, I thought it was incredible that they came out in the second half and just totally blanked the chargers, just cho- totally shut them down in the second half to where Justin Herbert, this superstar quarterback could not accomplish anything in the second half could get absolutely nothing going. And Credit to Steve Spagnuolo again, but man, this defense is really, really good, Rocky. I mean, this defense is really, really good, especially in the second quarter. And that's like, here's the thing is it's not how you start a game. It's how you finish it. And they shut the door in the fourth quarter when the, when the Chargers had the ball and they were trying to drive back down the field to make it a game. The Chiefs came in and they, they slammed the door shut. They stepped on their throat. They had that killer instinct that we think in years past, they've kind of missed a little bit. Uh, in the second half, the Chargers had 115 yards total offense in the second half. That's nothing. Like most of that came on one drive they had. Like the Chiefs completely blanked them. They turned the ball over. There was a couple of miscues early in the first half. Early in the in the first half, early on, like we talked about, you know, Josh Palmer had a huge first half against them. Had a, he had five receptions for 133 yards. Like you don't want to see any wide any one wide receiver gas you that much. But I think the reason why he was so successful is because they were focusing on Keenan Allen and they held Keenan Allen to 55 yards. And if you go into a game and you say, okay, I'm going to hold Keenan Allen to 55 yards and I'm going to hold Austin Eckler to 45 yards on the ground, I mean. Like, I'm going to take that every single time. Austin Eckler had one yard receiving in this game, and I know he got injured, but, I mean, he had 15 touches before he went out of the game, and they held him to 46 total yards on 15 touches. Like, that's awesome. You shut down Keenan Allen and you shut down Austin Eckler, I'm going to tell you you're going to win by two scores a majority of the time. Um, this, This defense looked great. The pass rush was complimentary of each other. Yeah, it wasn't, like, the most, like, like lights out game for Chris Jones, but he was freeing up every other guy along that line who basically every other guy along that line got a sack today. 
thank you, Chris Jones, because you were taking the double team and they were beating their one-on-ones, which is the recipe for success for this Chiefs pass rush, is that you know Chris Jones is going to get double teamed every single time. What does that mean? Everybody else has to win their one-on-one matchups, and that's what happened today, especially we'll get in a minute. I know we're going to touch on it, but Charles Amenehue, great first impression. Well, and I think that's part of why I was so impressed by them because we saw uh, we saw Justin Reed and Brian Cook get cooked in the first half. And I think if you could point to one thing in the Chiefs secondary that has struggled at times this season, it's their safeties. And Mike Edwards continues to make plays. And, and Brian Cook's a player that I still think is really talented, still has his moments, but he has been up and down this season. But Mike Edwards has been a really nice addition for that secondary that doesn't get enough credit. Trent McDuffie, LeJarius Need, obviously still really good players. Jalen Watson had some struggles today, but also had some nice moments. Kind of just a, an up and down game for the secondary, but they absolutely shut the Chargers down in the second half. And yeah, I think what was most impressive about this defensive performance is what you were saying, Rocky, is that Chris Jones wasn't totally dominant today. Chris Jones finally didn't get a sack for the first time this season. Like, We've seen him just since he came back and ended his holdout. He has been nothing but the dominant best defensive player on the team and has just wrecked havoc on everyone. And Chris Jones was sure was creating pressure today and still had an impact that way. He doesn't wind up getting a sack, but Charles Amenahu gets a sack. George, George Karloftis gets a sack. Mike Dana gets a sack. Willie Gay gets a sack. Drew Tranquil got a sack. Like it was just all around complimentary team defense. And that's just what you want to see from these guys. Like that's what was so impressive. And you mentioned Charles Amenahu in his first game, Charles Amenahu looks really good. <laughs> he looked like he's going to be a significant part of that chief's defensive line in this pass rush. Like other, other teams should be scared right now. Opposing offensive lines are like, wait, they got Chris Jones and they just added this dude number 90 out of nowhere off of a six game suspension. Like, what is he doing there? Like their defensive line was already creating havoc. Like that George Karloftis dude been really good this season. Mike Dan has been really good this season. Like, and then Amena who comes in immediately makes an impact. He's swatting balls at the line of scrimmage gets a sack early on. Like, he just looks like he is going to be an absolute monster for them. And they've got a guy who can legitimately play inside but has legit athleticism too. Like he's not just an interior run stuffing defensive lineman. Like he is a highly athletic pass rusher that they can rotate inside and outside along with Chris Jones, who has become this incredibly effective edge rusher at times. And Mike Dana, who can play inside and outside and George, like the chiefs pass rush has a chance to be devastating. And we haven't even seen the best version of it yet. Like they were great today. And I still don't think that we've seen the ceiling of this thing yet, Rocky. No, I don't think we have. I think because a minute he's going to continue to get better as he comes back. I think that anytime you add a pass rush like that into the mix, you got to, it, it does take time for it to fully gel. Um, I think that this team is ascending. Uh, you mentioned Brian Cook a little bit. I think that Mike Edwards is out playing Brian Cook in the back end uh, in coverage. Um, I love Brian Cook. I'm a huge Brian Cook supporter i think you have brian cook within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage he's a better defender than mike edwards he's better in run defense he's going to come up he's that enforcer he's going to make guys pay for trying to go across the middle like that is who brian cook is who brian cook is not is man-on-man coverage and single high when he got smoked in the first half like you don't want brian cook and man coverage and single high right you know he's just he's gonna 
he's going to get beat every single time. And so that's where you want Mike Edwards back there. I think so. It's all situational on who you have back there. I don't think it's one guy or the other guy. I think it's all three safeties and you use them situationally and you rotate them in and out. And you saw the Chiefs uh, cornerbacks have a little bit of trouble in the first half. Like, like Trent McDuffie didn't have the, the best first half of football, but really good in the second half. The Jerry Sneed looked really good pretty much across the board today. And how about Jalen Watson running dudes down right from behind? Like they, like we forget he is a legit four, three speed. We forget because he's so tall, but he is one of the fastest cornerbacks in the NFL and he's long and you're he was and banged up you're this not, week in practice too. legitimate. Yeah. Decision as to whether or not he was going to play. Yeah. He is just snatching guys from behind and keeping them from getting first downs. I mean, and so this defense is, only going to get better like this like we know this about spags defenses early in the season they usually look pretty shaky they've looked good so far so what are they going to look like come playoff time like this could like 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 the, the rest of the nfl should be worried about hitting 21 points on this team like i don't like if like if you score 21 points on the chiefs moving forward you should be patting yourselves on the back because i don't see it happening very often maybe the Mi- the miami dolphins will probably do it Beyond that, I, I think teams are going to struggle. And, you know, I don't want to – obviously, it's not Dolphins week, but, like, we saw the Miami Dolphins one loss this season was against the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, the Bills obviously lose to the Patriots. They're 4-3 and three right now. And the Bills, the last two weeks offensively, have just looked like a train wreck. Like, I'd be – if I was a Bills fan, I'd be really concerned about their offense much more than anybody should have ever been concerned about the Chiefs' offense right now. But when the Bills beat the Dolphins – it was because they were generating all kinds of pressure on Tua. And that's how you slow down Miami. And Miami still wound up putting up some points in that game because they're too explosive to totally shut them down. But what the Chiefs are going to be able to do against their offensive line, if you put pressure on Tua Tungavailoa, that's when he starts to fade. And that's when, because Tua's not athletic enough to get outside the pocket and really create plays downfield with his arm because he doesn't have a particularly strong arm. Like, that's how you beat the Miami Dolphins. That's how you beat top-tier NFL offenses. And we've got a huge Sunday night football showdown tonight between the Dolphins and the Eagles that I'm really excited for because I'm eager to see what the Eagles do against the Dolphins because we've got the Eagles later on in the season. And that's the matchup that I'm, like, really, really, like, okay, this is – we got an opportunity here where the Eagles' defense is legitimately good. Their defensive line is legitimately good. Their offensive line's great. But I think the Chiefs can go toe-to-toe with them in a way that they couldn't even do that last year, and they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Like, this performance today just, it it once again just emphasizes that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, we should not be too worried about the offense because they're probably going to have another bad game here uh, in the near future. Like, I wouldn't be shocked by it at all, where they struggle to move the ball and it's just not working the way. But that's what happens when you have so many young players and when you're still trying to gel today was a huge step in the right direction for them offensively and did nothing but make me just buy in even more to what the chiefs are doing defensively. Like at six and one right now, they are one of the absolute best teams in all of the NFL. And I, I mean, at the very least they're, they're like the second or third best team in football. And I think that they're closing the gap between them and anybody else that you want to make a case that's that's playing better football than the Chiefs right now. Oh, 100%. And you're absolutely right. There's going to be weeks where the offense 
doesn't click. The, the Chiefs are probably going to win 14 to 3 next week. Watch. They come out, they put 31. They scored 31 this week. I want to show anything their... before the Dolphins. It's, it's the yeah, Dolphins. exactly. Exactly. They knew that they had to score points to beat Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They didn't want to, they didn't want to mess around. They didn't want to, you know, give the Chargers a last second chance to win to win the game. They knew they were going to have to score 31 to beat the Chargers. They got to score 14 to beat the Broncos. Like they're not going to show anything before for Miami. So we may be c- concerned about it, yada, 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 before they, they face the Dolphins. But two quick things, really quick, I also want to hit on is is with Nicole Hardman, sometimes you don't know what you got until it's gone and all you need is a second chance. Like, like we all have those moments in our lives where we had an awesome opportunity that we kind of pissed away. And we always thought to ourselves, if I just had a second chance to get back in that situation, to get back in that building, to go back and do it all over again, I do all these things differently and I would, and I would, and I would be better next time. Right. Like we all, we all have had that situation. And McCole Hardman has that chance right now. And I don't think it's lost on him. I think he left Kansas city and quickly realized how good he had it here. And he immediately missed it and immediately wanted it back. And now he has it back. And the other thing really quick that I want to touch on and give my kudos to the chiefs offensive line. I don't think we gave him enough credit earlier in the, in the game. Like, the Chargers have a legitimate pass rush. They have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Tuli Tua Pelotu. Like those guys, all three guys are legitimate pass rushers. And they, with the exception of one sack, like Mahomes was operating pretty cleanly the entire day. Like our offensive line really stepped up in this game and kept Mahomes clean. And so hats off to the big guys too. And the one sack that they gave up, the Chargers had to bring everybody. Like the Chargers had to blitz the hell out of him to get to him that time. So. I agree with you. And, and Rocky, like, let's say McCall Hardman has, you know, minimal role offensively moving forward this season, but he is their full-time return man. And he was on punts and kicks today, which I, that's where I want him. That's exactly what I want the Chiefs to do with him. It's exactly how I want him utilized. Like, if he looks like he is all of a sudden the most explosive kick returner in the NFL and, like, rips off a couple of touchdowns, like, I'd be fine with the Chiefs bringing him back just to be the return guy. Like, that's they desperately need somebody like that. And that's his best role as an NFL player. So it, it only took us several, it took us several years to get here, but if that's the only role that he has on this team, I'm totally fine with the chiefs keeping him around because he is a good locker room guy. He is a well-liked player in the, in the Kansas city chiefs organization. So like that's what he does best. And we've known that for a while now. So keep using him that way and giving him opportunities to produce. Well, Dante Holt considered a Chiefs legend, and that's all he ever did was kick <laughs> return for us, right? You know, like 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 you could get yourself in, in the hearts and minds of Chiefs fans really fast as an awesome kick returner. All right, let's get to the comments and observations before we get out of here. Chiefs take down the Chargers 31 to 17, improved to six and one in a just dominant second half performance, but overall probably the best performance of the Chiefs season. Uh, you always think a guy who's sidelined for six weeks may be rusty uh, with the speed of the game, but Amenahu was so impressive. Yeah, I, I don't know if he could have done much else today uh, to for for me to be uh, any more impressed with how he played. Like, it's I, I was cautious about him coming in because yeah, you know, being on the shelf for six weeks to us due to a suspension, and he's not even like practicing with the team, like. You know, it's on to, it's on him to make sure that he stays in shape and that he's training and ready to go as soon as he gets an opportunity to get back onto the football field. And he did that and he looked great today. And just 
the the collection of talent that the Chiefs have along that defensive line right now is as good as it's going to get. Like their defensive line is a problem, and I'm really excited to see how this thing continues to progress and how Charles Amanahu continues to fit in all that. Well, yeah, and I think he's. I think you know you come in the situation, you signed a huge free agent contract in the off season, and then you're immediately hit with a six game suspension, and you're on the shelf, and this is your first chance back with your new team where you have an opportunity to show that you're worth the contract that you signed. Like I, I you got to feel like he has a chip on his shoulder. I know I'd have a chip on my shoulder. I took this huge contract and I've been off the field. I see my team out there playing every single week and I'm not able to help them. And you, you want to get in and you want to pr- prove to everybody that you're as good as, as your contract says you are. And he came in and to his credit, man, he stepped up and he showed everybody that thus far the returns are solid. And man, like you said, like the opposing offense has got to be scared. And real quick, we almost forgot to mention this. We'll get back to that comment here in just a second. But uh, Nick Bolton did leave this game with an apparent wrist injury. And Andy Reid did just tell the media at Arrowhead that Nick Bolton dislocated his wrist. Uh, They're working on it now, according to head coach Andy Reid. They don't have an update on it, but they'll know more hopefully tomorrow or later on this week. Obviously, that could be a significant injury. Nick Bolton's already missed some time this season. The Chiefs are deep at the linebacker position, but we know that he is one of the key members of that defense. So it's a huge bummer to know that he suffered a significant injury, but hopefully it's not something that's going to keep him out uh, a super extended period of time or something. Yeah, hopefully he's able to he's able to band it up, do a little bit of a club thing, you know, yeah. get back in the game. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, for a player who's continued to look like he is such an important part of that defense, hope Nick Bolt gets back on the field soon. Uh, from Nikita, the most comfortable, uncomfortable game for a while. I don't know what you're talking about. I had a great time. I had a blast throughout the entirety of this game, even in the first quarter when it was back and forth. I've been missing that. I, I've been missing the back and forth Chiefs offensive output game. So I loved every minute of this game. I was on board with absolutely all of it. You love to see in the fourth quarter that look on Patrick Mahomes' face after they scored that dagger touchdown that just ended the game. Like like that 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 you woke up the wrong mf or look on his face that he gets against division opponents. And yeah, I thought the game was fun, man. You're you're right. The first half, sure, that's a little eh, back and forth. But you got to think that in the end of the first half when the Chiefs scored points, and and then you you knew that it was game at that point. You know the, the Chiefs are gonna close it out. Yeah, you got faith in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And you know the Chargers are going to charge her the game away. That's that's the one thing is you can never underestimate the AFC West opponent's ability to shoot themselves in the foot on a consistent basis. Like, like AFC West teams, aside from the Chiefs, have a remarkable ability to just snatch, snatch, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, right? Like they just they just shoot themselves in the foot on a consistent basis. Yeah. Uh, uh, unreal uh, by the Los Angeles Chargers today as they continue to just flounder. Uh, from Dave, sure wish 38 seconds of the Browns Colt game, Colts game hadn't eaten 8-11 in the first quarter of the Chiefs game. Yeah, I, I mentioned this already, Rocky. Here in Kansas City, for some reason, CBS decided that we had no choice but to watch the final minutes of that Browns Colts game. And what also made it more frustrating was the 38 seconds took forever because they kept there kept being timeouts or injuries or penalties and it took forever and they were double boxing the Chiefs game but they were playing the audio from that game so you're sitting here watching 
the tiny chiefs game as justin herbert and the chargers are taking the field and i was like i don't care i don't care about this game it doesn't impact me in any way it was very very frustrating i was very upset in the first quarter of that game i live in tampa florida digital pixel i see the comments you live in florida too we didn't get the chiefs in a little box we got full screen Colts Browns until the very end of the game. Every single ridiculous <laughs> pass interference, every holding call that extended that garbage game because those two garbage teams that they were contractually obligated to show, we had to watch it until the very dying seconds. And it was literally like somebody just driving a nail through my eyeball in the <laughs> slowest way possible. Just like millimeter by millimeter, just tapping a, a nail through my eyeball watching that game. Oh, I could not stand it. At least yes, you got it in a small screen. We didn't even get the double box. We just got full screen HD backup quarterback versus backup quarterback in a meaningless game for two teams that are going nowhere. PJ Walker versus Gardner Minshew. Oh, man. Unreal. Instead of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. But uh, big win for the Kansas City Chiefs. They improved to 6-1. and one. Uh, Still look like they are one of the best, absolute best teams in the NFL, sitting atop the AFC right now. And what's starting to get a little bit more crowded as we kind of see some other teams separate themselves from the pack, but the Chiefs still sit atop that pack in the AFC. And that is all that matters. Uh, reminder, if you stick around after the commercial break on the podcast page, we've got all the post-game press conferences for you. Um, make sure you check out arrowheadpride.com for all of our post-game coverage, and we'll have everything you need to know ahead of the Chiefs' Week 8 matchup against the Denver Broncos. You can follow Rocky on Twitter, at Rocky Magana. You can follow Kramer, at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I will be back tomorrow morning with another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report with Pete Sweeney. We'll talk to you guys then. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. The Kansas City Chiefs take down the Los Angeles Chargers 31-17 to in Week 7 to improve to 6-1 and on the year. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, defensive lineman Charles Amenahu, and wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid. All right. Um, as far as the injuries go, Nick Bolton... Um, has a dislocated wrist, so they're working on that uh, now, and we'll see how he does. He really had a heck of a game up to that point, though. Um, the fans were were incredible. Uh, what a day in Arrowhead! A beautiful day, first of all, and then you had a, the noise there with um, the, the Chargers having to use a couple timeouts and illegal procedures and so on that they had going against them. Uh, congratulations to Dante Hall too for. Um, going into the Hall of Fame, all the alums that were back here. We love having you all back and, um, and supporting the, the, the Chiefs. Uh, listen, the, the second half for, uh, from our defensive standpoint was a shutout. Uh, Spags is uh, doing a, a great job with, with design, and the players are playing their hearts out. Um, I give credit to all the coaches there on the defensive side, but um, when you have a shutout going against that crew, that's quite a deal. Um, batted balls all, uh, all over the place. Charles Ominihue, it was great to get him back in, in the mix here, or back in, just in the mix. He never was in it, so um, it, was a, it was a good deal there. He had a sack and, um, again, a block throw. Uh, four sacks by our defense it was tremendous. Um, and the list keeps going on, right? So responded after the turnovers. Uh, beautiful job there. Um, offensively, uh, a good day. I mean, a real good day. Uh, again, uh, Matt Nagy puts together the game plan. Um, it was it was a beautiful, beautiful game. I really that defense is, uh, is special with some of the, the players that they have there. And. Um, and their head coach is calling the plays, and he's a he's a heck of a coordinator and head coach. But he also knows exactly what he's doing on the uh, with the defense. So <clears throat> with that, uh, Pat um, had obviously a, a big day with over 400 yards. Um, Kelsey keeps getting better with time. Uh, um, Taylor can stay around all she wants. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Rasheed Rice, I mean, we've, we've witnessed this now. I mean, you're watching him grow right in, right in front of us here. And, um, and, and then Quez, the old man of the group, he, he had a big day today. And um, uh, the third down percentage, anytime you can be 6 for 11 on third downs with the pass rushers that they have uh, is something. And that tells you that your offensive line did a pretty good job. So uh, Andy Heck and his crew really... Uh, did well, but I thought all the offensive coaches likewise had a had a nice day. Dave Tobe uh, had a plan for McColl, and uh, the guys blocked their hearts out for him, and and he busted that punt out. That was a huge play, and then he came back and had a big catch. So welcome back, McColl. And uh, we only got him here on Thursday, so we'll just we'll keep adding stuff to his menu there. Anyways, 
uh, with that time duration. Any, uh, you always talk about knocking rust, you know, players need to knock the rust off. Charles Manning did, and played forever. Uh, what allowed him to be as effective? Yeah, well, he, when I say he wasn't in the mix, I mean, he hasn't played in a game for us other than preseason. Um, so, but what he did was on the six weeks off, he, he kept himself in shape and he had a chance to see that today. Now, is he going to be sore? Yeah, he's going to be in the cold tub for a while tomorrow. Um, but he's, you know, he's a nice addition to the mix there. And, and you kind of joking, I think, about Kelsey. Is he getting better with age? I think both he and Pat are they're on the same page. That's that's a, that's a challenge, you know. That's a challenge for defenses, and I know they they work on it. this. Isn't like a secret, so they're they're working on those things now. Uh, that's when I say, um, you know, Matt and Joe, all the guys that are involved with that pass game, putting together things. Um, it's it's quite a tribute to the coaches, and then for those two going out there and executing like they do. And um, he might be getting better with age. You and I can't say that, Adam, but he, we can't. <laughs> no. And the uh, defense got caught with Tim, tried to run a lot of Tim in that first half. Yeah. Yeah, so nobody hung, you know, they, they weren't hanging their heads. They kind of figured it out. Um, uh, we had a plan for it. Um, and then they got us on a few. And when I tell you, I mean, that's a good offense now. So, but the guys figured it out. And you, you look at the stops in that second half and uh, the pressure on the quarterback. I mean, that, that's an un, that was an unsettled position for him today. I mean, the, the guys got after him a little bit. So whether they were sacking him or hitting him, he had people around him all the time. So. Coach, you got a question? Um, uh, with, with Travis, with Patrick, how much do you say is, you feel like he's schemed up? Does that, how much is their abilities? I know we talked about Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's probably both. It's a combination. They kind of know where the green lights are and where the red lights are with uh, the flexibility of the play, and they they utilize it. Long yellow light, right? <laughs> Go ahead. Neil. Go back. Yeah, Neil. Uh, Coach, what does it do for your offense? You got some guys with the ball and you know, receive, wide receivers' hands when they had a chance to make plays. What's that going to do for that group moving forward? Uh, listen, I think it's, it's great. We just got to keep growing here. You know, we've got another AFC West team coming up this next week here. So... Uh, with Denver, so and they'll have a, another plan for us. And um, but the guys, they they're working through all of that. And uh, this is a new road that you have a chance to play a team twice. All right, well that's a different thing. They know you, and you have an idea about them. Now what do you do? So um, for the I'm saying for the young guys, but they're they're getting better, Neil. They're getting better. Last three, Coach Reed. Scored three touchdowns in the second quarter. Do you feel like your team found the best rhythm they've had offensively this season, and what was the spark of it? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would probably say yeah. I mean, it was a productive day. Um, we, we still got to get rid of some of these penalties. You know, we get rid of a couple of those things, and uh, we'll really have something going. And, um, I thought we were, it was productive. Uh, it was a great plan, and, and with, you take away some of the little mishaps there with the penalties, and uh, you get, you've had a pretty good day. You know. Last two, how difficult is it for Nicole to come back? I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, that's a tough thing. I mean, he's been away for six months or so, and uh, going through all of their learning that offense, and then coming back to this, and uh, not easy to do. Uh, but uh, McColl is real smart, and so he's a, he's a smart kid, innately smart kid, and so uh, it wasn't hard for him to jump back in and pick up a few things uh, that we had in the game plan and, and roll with those. And just the force of answering the giveaway with the takeaways. Yeah, yeah, that a nice drive. You know, I was telling Ted that those are those are plays when you have those. Those are it's hard to come back and use those plays. You've already used them to get there, and, and uh, you kind of throw them out the window with turnovers and penalties and that. So, uh, but uh, for us to come back and do what we did after that was a good thing. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of things, I think, but I think the main thing is the way he's able to recognize coverage and adjust on the fly. Um, we always talk about it, but it's something that you can't take for granted. I mean, it's like it's like almost like he's playing Madden, like he can read the coverage and stop in the windows and, and be open and be on the same page as me at all times. And so um, he, did, he did a great job, man. Uh, it seems like he does it week in and week out, um, and that's why, that's why the, he's the player that he is, and he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. I know we've talked about this a couple of times, but how much would you say is um, it's hard to say because even though it's not technically scripted the way, we talk about it throughout the week. Um, and so if you look at the one where I kind of throw in the middle of the field, right between people, we kind of discussed it. Like if that guy flies out, just be in that window and I'm going to throw it. And so I think by practicing it um, and doing it in practice, I, I have confidence he's going to do it in the game. And um, it, it, I always joke around with him. I'm like, man, just take a rep off and practice. But he doesn't want to. He wants to be out there all the time. And so um, I think he understands how important it is to build that chemistry. And uh, that's what makes him so great. How impressive is it that McCole was Yeah, no, uh, the, the first, first off, the first third down, I, I missed him. He, he actually read it well. He saw the linebacker pushing to him. I saw the corner outside, but he, Travis was going to take that guy out of the way. So he actually read it the right way, and I missed him. But then the uh, the, the last one was cover zero, using his speed, getting through traffic, um, and making a big catch to get that first down, man. I mean, he's it's impressive because, uh, I mean, he didn't have the season that he wanted in, in New York. But to be able to come back, have confidence, um, not be down on himself, and know that whenever he gets his opportunities, he's going to do the most with it. Um, and obviously the punt return uh, really uh, put the game away. And so uh, it's another a piece that we can add to the offense, and uh, that speed's uh, hard to hard to replicate. Is this an ideal sort of performance for the offense, the ability to spread the ball around, obviously going in the red zone? Is this maybe your proudest performance as an offense so far this season? Yeah, uh, I would say so far. Um, there's still just uh, little things here. The first drive, the penalty, just it just hurts. Uh, we play big games like this. Those can be really big. Um, and then the second half, just here and there, just a little misuse here and there. If I can hit Rasheed on that one when they're triple teaming Travis, he's probably going to score. So just little things here and there that I have to continue to be better at. Um, but uh, we de we're definitely taking steps in the, the right direction. I was just say the interception, just no one look at Quez because that's who I was supposed to throw to. <laughs> and uh, he was – Probably another touchdown. So just 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 cut him out of the picture when y'all look at it. Adam, 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 go ahead, Adam. Patrick, Travis has had three big games since his birthday a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Is he getting better with age, or is he a better player now than when you got him in? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think his, the way he's able to recognize coverages is probably even better. I mean, he's, he's played against every single team and every coverage and every way to try to take him away, and so he's able to recognize that and dissect it on the fly. Um, younger Trevor to score on that one touchdown, though, so I'll, I'll say that. So, uh, But other than that, I think uh, he's, he's doing a great job of uh, finding ways to get himself open and having these monster games. Yeah, so he actually was the first read. Um, I mean, in all honesty, I called the, the running back push go out the other way, and I called it the wrong way, and so it ran underneath Marquez, and it, but it actually opened up everything else to the right. And so um, I scrummed up to the right. He did a great job of working with me. Um, and then yeah, I threw, threw the ball. I mean, I think those, those runs have started to work, and now the defenses are coming up when I scramble. Um, and so I was able to get the ball to Marquez, and he got in the end zone. And um, he had a good game today, and I have to continue to, to find him because he's getting, him o- getting open, um, and I have to continue to find ways to get him the football. Yeah, third down, they just they did a good job, but they were going to double him at least. And if the running back stayed in, they were going to send a third guy there. Um, and so they uh, they were very conscious of Travis, um, but uh, it, op- it opens up other things. We just got to be able to hit and connect on those things. And we did in certain points, but if we can continue to get better than that, um, like I like the one that Rashid, if I can hit him on that, and then we get that big touchdown, it'll take defenses out of that. And so we got to continue to prove that. And that's stuff that we can get better at as the season goes on. Patrick O'Lines often have trouble against Lil Mac and Joey Bosa talking about how you were. Yeah, I mean, they were great. They were great in pass protection. I've, like, said it seven times to them in the locker room. I mean, other than the one sack on third and super long, um, they kept me clean. And a lot of pockets whenever I was going one, two, three, back to one type reads. And so they played their tail off. Um, they battled. Um, and then in the second half, they found a way to just grind out yards in the run game. And so, uh, I mean, that's a great defensive front. And I thought they played it. The offensive line accepted the challenge and played a great game. Yeah, no, we, we, we actually talked about it on the sideline after. I, I saw him, but I just couldn't find the angle to make the throw to him. Um, and so the offense wanted a good job, and I was able to step up in the pocket. It just made it easier to float it to him. Um, he was kind of like the second, third read on that play. And so I looked out to the first few. They were covering, and I saw Travis, and I just wanted to find a way to get him the football. And so he did a good job finding that open space, um, and I was able to get the football to him. That's an example of being, you yeah, no, he does, he does a great job of uh, whenever he's open, he doesn't get himself covered. I mean, that's I say that, and it's, it's, it sounds funny, um, but a lot of times if you're supposed to run a route a certain way, um, they're going to keep running the route, and they'll go through the window. Um, and in this offense, Coach Reed gives them the freedom to, if you're open, stay there. Don't, don't get yourself covered and run the route like we've ran in practice a thousand times. And so he does a great job of that. Um, and it sounds simple, but it's something that he, uh, he's, he's really mastered. Last two. Uh, Patrick, ten different people caught a pass from you today. You mentioned that they were focusing on Travis. Is that the reason why you're able to distribute so well, or what did you see in the ability to get it to so many different people today? Yeah, I think guys just stepped up. Um, if they're going to focus that much on Travis, obviously we're going to still try to throw him the football in certain areas, but we got other guys got to make plays. Um, and uh, guys stepped up, made a lot of big plays, big catches. Um, and I think that's what our offense is going to continue to be. Obviously, there's going to be a big dose of Trav, um, the player that he is. Um, but if we want to continue to get to that next step uh, of an offense and a team, we're going to have to let other guys uh, make plays when it counts. And I thought the guys did a good job of that today. Last one, Nick. Patrick, when it comes to Rasheed, what is he sort of, that you've seen that in terms of like practice to these games where he's sort of been where you need him to be in yeah, he's just learning, uh, not only from me, but from Travis, from Marquez. He, he takes in information well. He learns. 
um, and with the, we continue to give him more, and he continues to get better and better. Um, and so um, he's obviously a physical player. I think y'all can see that. But the way he's able to kind of start recognizing coverages and get himself open um, is starting to, to really translate. Um, and then uh, we'll continue to get better and better. And if I can hit him on that one route, um, it's even a bigger game. So uh, I think he's, uh, he's done a great job, um, but he can't, be, he can't be satisfied. He's got to continue to get better if he wants to be the player I think he wants to become. I know you, you had those few passing sessions with him before the draft, right? Um, I think the biggest thing I can tell, I mean, obviously you see the physical stuff. I mean, everybody has the physical stuff, but he, when I have those passing sessions in the offseason, I think y'all know when I'm talking through stuff with the receivers, I'm talking about recognizing coverages and stuff like that, and I could tell, even though he didn't know because he hadn't played in the NFL, he had a good grasp of, of Phil. Like, he understood how to kind of settle in certain areas, and if he made a mistake, he would fix it the next time. And so I think that was the biggest thing that I saw, I saw with him. I mean, obviously the physical stuff is there, um, but the way he was able to comprehend and do stuff and adjust on the fly, uh, I think that stuff is what is going to be makes you great in this offense, and I think he does a great job of it. All right, thank you. How you guys doing? Ooh, this is loud. Good, how are you, man? This is a heck of a way to start. Yeah, um, if y'all don't mind, I want to open up by just, first and foremost, bro, thanking God for allowing me just to be out here today. Um, not playing football for the last six weeks has probably been the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And uh, being able to come out and help the team win, um, I just, I mean, I, I have truly have no words. Uh, I want to thank Coach Reed, Veach, Bino, Ted, Joe, the whole D-line, the whole defense, the whole Chiefs organization, uh, Coach Mr. Hunt, um, just for the support for the last six weeks. So, all right, I'm good now. I know you said it's the hardest since we should match, but what made it the hardest? Not being out with the guys, man. I, I've, in my career, I've only missed maybe two games, my first game in the league. Um, my first, when I first got to the league, I was inactive for week one, and then I may have missed one other game. Um, so I haven't really missed games before in my life, and just talk about the league. So just missing those six games, see them boys going out there, and you want to be a part of it, um, especially coming in and trying to be a piece to a puzzle that's already been put together quite nicely. I, I just, it was, it, was, it was eating at me, but thank God I'm back and uh, was able to help the team win and a big win in the divisional game. Well, what, what kinds of things did you do during the suspension? Kind of anyway? Yeah, no, I, I trained in uh, Austin with my my guys at Collective. Uh, shout out Jeremy Hill, Mo, Mo Wells, and Tim. Uh, they're keeping me in shape. And then um, I would have my D-line guy, uh, Nathan O'Neill, come out. And uh, I would work past us. And I just worked as if I was still in the offseason program. I never really took off the gas um, because, you know, coming out on the field, it's, I mean, guys are trying to, they're playing for families and all sorts of things. So, you know, you got to be a tip-top shape. So I never just took out the gas for real. What stands out about the difference in the first half compared to the second half? Uh, we just tightened it up a little bit. You know, this is a good team over there. They got a great quarterback. Um, coach said, you know, smart. So uh, we just tightened it up, and it helps, you know, getting turnovers. I think we got them all in the second half maybe. But um, just help getting turnovers and the offense is rolling. So. And then just, I mean, you did watch this defense. Yeah. Just the way guys are swarming. Uh, guys are running to the ball. Um, guys are attacking the ball. Um, you got guys who can rush. Mike was having, was having a hell of a year. George, Chris, obviously, and, and Derek plugging up in the middle. And also um, Felix and Turk and Malik. You know, those guys and, and were. were, were 
turning it up. And so just watching those guys work and perform. So I just wanted to come in and just add to it. Uh, just the idea of getting the sack and the ball batted down and just being as productive as you were. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they trusted me and brought me in to add more to the fire that's already here. So you got to go out there and be productive. That's the name of the game. You were pretty well with the Saints. As far as entering today, as far as your excitement compared to past games, you did playoff games and openers. How was it emotionally for you? Yeah, throughout the week, I was super calm. Um, this morning, I woke up at 6.15 in the morning, uh, uh, like, charged up. And then I told myself, uh, bless you, I told myself that I got to, you know, turn it down a little bit. And then coming out um, and seeing the fans, that got me rolling again. And after that, I just was like, all right, like, you know, you've done this and it's a game. And I play better when I'm very mellow. Just the moment of the, the moment of the sack, just considering all these down in the past six weeks, what, what's going through your head as the crowd? Thank God. It's only God, bro. Truly. Um, it was a surreal feeling. Um, working with work, me and Chris, kind of just felt Chris getting, getting up the field and wrapped him. And uh, the first quarterback I was I'm close. And I, I kind of felt like, all right, it's going to be one of those type of games where you're going to get active. So getting the sack, um, probably the happiest moment of my career, personally. Um, and doing it at, with a new team, at a home game, big game. I kept asking around the bill, I'm like, this Chargers game is a big one, huh? Like, and they're like, yeah. I was like, okay, okay, let me keep that in mind. Hey, Charles, after that, I saw you kind of grab the whole team and go sideline. Can you describe the emotion? Yeah, a lot of those guys really knew, like, the, the intricates of, like, what I was going through mentally. And um, Willie obviously had a situation where he had the same kind of deal. So he was talking to me all week, you know, and keeping me encouraged. And um, some of the guys that just, like I said, been knowing, you know, how I've been feeling and just uh, those guys embracing me was a big thing for me. How it talks about how Joe Cullen helps him mm-hmm. with his pass rush skills and obviously, obviously you know, scheming things for him to have one on one. What have you taken from Cullen throughout this process and how do you think he may help you? Yeah, no, Joe's an excellent D line coach, first and foremost. Uh, Joe's definitely helped me as far as like pushing myself all the way to the brink. Um, straining on the little things in practice, he'll make me go back if I'm not straining. So, taking that to the game, straining on your rush, uh, the rush is never over kind of deal. Um, he's very detailed, and um, he, he wants guys, he wants the line that can put the quarterback on the ground. So, he stresses that a lot and also stresses stopping the run. So, he's just a guy that is going to push you all the way to that wall and pass it. But you and Chris lined up on the same side a lot today, just do, do you just feel that this, this, this guy's a for y'all just to get uh, yeah, I mean, playing with a guy that is going to be a Hall of Fame one day and trying to work off of him is just an advantage for me. And, um, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Injuries are part of the deal. It looks like Nick Bolton hurt his wrist today. What have you seen from him and how important has he been? Yeah, Nick is one of the best linebackers I've ever been around. Um, and that's saying something because I've been around a couple of them boys, you know, that are legit. So Nick is right there with him. I think Nick's a great leader. Nick is a great communicator. Um, he has a lot on his plate out there, so I, I salute him for making those checks, calls, and getting everybody situated. I hope that everything goes well with him and his injury or whatever it is, because um, we definitely need him out there. Last one in the back. Uh, I know we've been talking about it a lot, but you mentioned during the six weeks, um, just taking time, staying in shape, and whatnot. But is there something that maybe you took away or learned about yourself during that time that maybe you wouldn't have if you were here? 
Yeah, no, that's that's probably the best question today. Um, I learned that, and I think uh, everybody can kind of take this in. Um, you got to trust in God's plan. I never in my life would have imagined um, ever missing six games. That's a lot. Uh, but in that time, in the time of trial, I learned that, you know, not everything is going to always go exactly how you planned it, but however it goes, you got to make a way. And if you stay in prayer, you'll come out a better person. And I think these six weeks have helped me grow as an individual. And um, today, after the sack, I just, was just thanking God and knowing that, um, did I predict this sack today? No, but I felt like I was going to have a good game because just of all the, the path I've had to walk for six weeks has been a path of trusting and believing in any obstacle, anything I was throwing my way, any kind of um, just evil that might have been coming or any type of negative energy, um, just keeping the prayer and trusting God, it all, it all worked out. I'm, I'm happy, and I'm probably the happiest I've ever been in my life, to be honest. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Hi, friends. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, we had a play called, um, I was on the other side of the field, uh, he got some pressure, um, and I kind of just worked with him and ran to the other side of the field, and he saw me, we made eye contact, and I said, hey, throw me the ball, and he threw it to me. He said he called the play a little bit wrong, that's Uh, nah, I mean, it sounded right to me, I think he might have called the, the protection wrong for the running back or the chip or whatever it was, so the back might have went to the wrong side, um, so I think one of the uh, defenders got underneath the initial throw. So I think the initial throw was there, um, but with the pressure, he kind of just got off of it, and I just kept working with him. Yeah, I mean it's great. Obviously, we traded for him for a reason. Um, he's he's a hell of a player. You know, me and McCall have a great you know friendship that stayed true. You know, even when he left, um, he was one of the first guys that I talked to when I got here, and so being able to you know bring him back and. You know, just enjoy his uh, his energy. He's a uh, he's a loud one, uh, but you know he's he's energetic and you know his his play shows. You know, and he's electric, and you saw that today. Just growth, man. Um, I think Ford's doing a really good job of just doing what he's supposed to do and making the plays that he's supposed to make. You know, not trying to be anything that he's not. You know, you see a lot of rookies come in and try to do too much and can't figure out, you know, what the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. He's just been doing his job and it's been paying off for him. He's a quiet kid that, you know, listens to what he's told to do and always wants to learn, always taking notes. Um, and, and it shows, you know, week in and week out, it's him making the plays. And obviously, you know, Pat trusts him to keep giving him the ball. Uh, we scored 31 points. I guess that's uh, the biggest indicator. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, that's our standard, you know, from, you know, what they've done in the past and what we did last year. Um, and, you know, what our standard is as, a, as an offense, we just have so many talented players, you know, from top to bottom, you know, in every position room that you think that we should be able to score 30 points every week. And so, you know, that's always our goal to, you know, be the number one offense and win games. Uh, there's no frustration, man. We're, we're winning games. You know, obviously, as a receiver, you want the ball every play. You know, so if you want to say I'm frustrated, then I can say I'm frustrated every single play. I don't get the ball. Um, but, you know, we're, we're winning games. Um, and, you know, I, 
I don't take it, you know, too far. But, you know, you're never going to see me, you know, throwing tablets on the side like I didn't get the football thrown to me. Um, you know, obviously uh, there's, there's plays where you you like, hey, man, I could have got this one or whatever it is. But it won't ever be any visible frustration, you know. And anything that is like that gets handled inside the building. You won't ever see, you know, me frustrated, you know, outside of it. So to bounce off that, it just it kind of feels like, you know, when some guys say that I'm just, I'm just working to my numbers call. It seems like that's kind of in your career, like not every game makes an impact, but you make a big impact. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Um, you know, obviously, I've I've had a pretty long career, and I've you know averaged like 20 yards a catch my whole career. So there's going to be games where guys don't want me to get big plays, and that's just the the reality of it. You know, they're going to do anything they can to stop me from going one for you know 80. Um, they'll let Travis or whoever catch 10 balls before they let me catch one, and that's just been the name of the the game. Um, I've been one of the better deep threats in the league my whole career, so. You know, I, I take it with pride, and uh, I see the respect that I get from defenses across the league. A couple more. Along those lines, what do you think enables Travis to do what he does on the game where Chargers obviously are focused on him? He's the best tight end in the NFL in the history of football. So there's not really much to say past that he's the best to ever do it. So you can know where he's going to run, and he'll still get open. And this, what let me ask you, a game like this, can that create a domino effect for you? Uh, I don't know, man. You know, obviously, like I said, I want the ball every play. So uh, if I can get all 60 passes thrown to me, I would. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens next week. Um, we're going against a good defense that, you know, helped me to no catches. So. Last one. Who's one of the veterans in, the, in, the, in that room? When Justin goes down, is there a message you have to kind of galvanize the rest of the No, nah, man. Um, I think that. As a, as a room, you know, we've all been in that position to, you know, rally around guys. But at the end of the day, we're so unique with how we operate as a receiver room. I don't think really a lot of teams do it how we do it with the versatility and having, you know, seven guys that can go in and play at any time. You know, you usually see three or four guys, you know, active on our roster, maybe five. So we got, you know, seven, eight guys up every week. Um, you know, just kind of the, the next man up and go when your opportunity's in front of you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.